Good morning. This is Wimala, and it's January the 11th, and I'm uh, not in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Today I'm in Tennessee, outside of Knoxville in Maryville, where my mother is, and I'm at my brother's home. My brother and sister-in-law live about 10 minutes away from where my mom is in assisted living, but she's in the hospital. So I came down, drove down Sunday afternoon. Um, I was planning to come later this week, but she was taken to the hospital. So I just uh, packed up and started driving. So I'm here, my mom is better. She may even go back to her assisted living today. So um, she's 97, so things turn on a dime, right? They seem to go on slowly and then suddenly there can be lots of change, and uh, she's she's awake and she's ready to go back to her assisted living place. That's home for her, so it's hard for her to be in a, a different situation, even for a few days. So when I finish today, I'll be going to the hospital, kind of checking in with her through the day. So... Uh, send your good thoughts if you want to, and good thoughts going out to all of you with aging parents or illness in your family or dealing with COVID or whatever you're dealing with. All of us watching are truly sending out good thoughts to you. I'm sure of that. So today I want to read more in Wisdom is Bliss, and this is a book by Robert Thurman. And he's, the whole book is about the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. And he's in the Tibetan tradition. And so reading this book has been very insightful. And it's, it's like a deeper investigation to me into the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. Deeper because it just gives a slightly different, um, uh, the wording is a little different, and maybe the phrasing of things are different. But these are these are all the same. All all people who follow the Buddha's teachings are aware of and know that the essence of the Four Noble Truths and the Eightfold Path. But in different traditions, we focus on different different aspects, and so that's good to see. It's good to know, and something may really be poignant and. Uh, make a lot of sense to us coming from someone in a different tradition just because they're phrasing it differently. So I don't think we should rule it out. We use discernment if there's something that's not exactly what we've, uh, how we've understood things. It doesn't mean we just swallow whatever we read from someone who's well known, but we can use it to be part of our, anal our own analysis of the truth. But his writing is beautiful, and I think it's a very, it's a good read, and it's good uh, food for thought. For me, it's just enhanced my understanding of the Eightfold Path. So we're, we just talked about the Buddha's enlightenment. This is on realistic mindfulness, and it's such a good chapter. I don't want to skip around. So um, I'm going to pick up where I last started reading and it's realistic mindfulness. And this is right after his uh, achieving enlightenment. 
after the five, six, five years, six years that he spent being an ascetic and doing all kinds of deprivations to the body and realized that that only led to death, it didn't lead to enlightenment. As soon as he found out who he really was, which is how Robert Thurman describes becoming enlightened, who he really was, he recognized that it was not as if he had changed from one thing into another. He simply came to know what he had always been. His sense of himself is separate, a piece of live physicality separate from its environment and other beings with a separate self-essence, somehow contained within their physicality, was mistaken. That was a mistaken belief he had before he knew who he was. It was ignorance, misknowledge. Once wisdom cleared away misknowings, hold over his awareness. He could simultaneously remember how he felt under misknowledge, realizing how it had always been an illusion, and also know and enjoy that the bliss of relief had always been who he really was. He realized that he had always been enjoying it as his actual nature, while his mind was kept unconscious of the fact by habitual misknowing. And the, the Buddha, when he became enlightened, remembered very pleasant, clear-minded times, even as a child, when he would just be playing and be observing the little ants and bugs in the sand and um, be, be at perfect peace. He remembered those, those peaceful, calm, uh, present moments when he experienced being one, one with everything around him. Um, so I think that's what uh, Robert Thurman's talking about. He realized he had always been enjoying it as his actual nature. While his mind was kept unconscious of the fact by habitual misknowing. I know this is impossible to realize two opposite things at once, which is why Nibbana is said to be inconceivable and inexpressible beyond words. It is a sustaining awareness that embraces extreme cognitive dissonance with blissful ease. So it can take in those two opposites. That's that that's trying to take that in is cognitive dissonance. It's like how can you how can you have both this and that? And he's saying that's that's part of becoming enlightened, finding that uh, waking up, that waking up. Impossible though it may be, we already do such thing, such a thing all the time. The best example is when you look at your face in a mirror. You see a face in there, like yours except left-right reversed. If you had never done so, you might reach into the mirror to touch the face there, surprised when your hand bumps into the glass surface. After you have that surprise, you know it is only an illusion, a reflection of your own face. You continue to see it in just the same way, and yet you simultaneously know that it is not, as it seems, but an illusion on the surface of the mirror. 
Without any strain, you maintain the two knowings, that of the 3D image out in the room beyond the mirror window and that of its illusoriness. You simultaneously reconcile the cognitively dissonant awareness of your face as both being there and not really being there. Ignorant misknowing awareness dooms us non-Buddhas to the suffering of living in a mirror reflection world that seems to be evidently apart from us. This is more misknowledge than ignorance since you actively think you know something that is not real to be real. This is the basic cause of your suffering. You think you know a certain environment and world and you try to live in it, but you keep banging into its mirror reflection, unreality. You know you are in some reality, but you are unconscious of it, so you are always anxious and insecure. That's the suffering that the Buddha discovered the, the, the way out to, the way out of. The shocking fact is that Buddhist psychology shows us that any unawake, suffering person is diagnosable as virtually psychotic in today's psychological terms, as they are suffering from a psychosis defined as a lack of contact with reality. To the extent that you are unenlightened, you are living in an unreal world created by your misknowing, distorted psyche which makes you technically psychotic. Don't take it personally, says Robert Thurman. I am not yet fully enlightened either, so I am happy to join you there, uh, technically psychotic. But it is a big relief to know the diagnosis, as it gives me hope that I can practice realistic remembering and be cured of my misery. So the diagnosis is we're psychotic and the, 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 the medicine is practicing realistic remembering and that can bring an end to our misery. Buddhist psychological science provides me with that diagnosis. It also presents me with the super positive prognosis that my suffering is curable in Nibbana which is unalterably my real reality, experientially reachable by a comprehensive therapeutic super-education. That's the super-mundane path. That's the path leading to liberation. Before we're really on the path to liberation, we are still on a path to becoming a better person. So that's valuable in itself. And as we continue and move more into the mindfulness and uh, the deeper meditation, the, the wisdom, where we take the wisdom from the path and strengthen ourselves with the, with the uh, ethical and moral part of the path and then go, go within and go deep within. That's, that's where we gain, that's where we're on the super education, putting all of the path together. As one of the psychotics myself, I think I'm in a world that isn't the real one. But to begin to correct my psychosis, 
It helps to know I'm misknowing, that we're misunderstanding that. I'm still in it. I think still suffering in 2021 New York on Turtle Island or the North American continent, planet Earth, in our solar system and galaxy and nebula. I believe myself to be in a coarse physical body, an entity different from other beings and other things, the table, floor, walls, ceiling, and computer. I habitually think I'm really me. And the other, I habitually think I'm really me, and the other, the world, is really something different. I am what Buddhist psychology calls an alienated individual. I act on the world, reaching out to people through an envelope of disconnection, my inner psychosis causing me to absolutize people and the world around me as completely different, making everything unnecessarily problematic and leading to a tendency to not take responsibility for myself. Once we move beyond denial and diagnose ourselves in this way, our creativity emerges into mindfulness. We are encouraged to be more realistic about ourselves, to be mindful of what we actually are, open to the possibility that we have been misknowing ourselves. Wow, this is this is amazing. Just reading this is amazing. Now let's follow the mindfulness or remembering source. The great focus of mindfulness discourse. Though this is a witness of the Buddha's direct teachings, direct discourse, it is not at all religious. It is only therapeutic. A doctor's leading of the patient through a specific therapeutic protocol. You decide to educate yourself in mind, so you assume the position of balance sitting, either in a chair or cross-legged on a cushion. You can sit with your back straight, hands folded in your lap. Your mouth can be gently closed with your tongue touching your palate, your chin slightly tucked with the neck relaxed, shoulders square straight, and your eyes half-lidded and focused, just beyond the tip of your nose. You are going to focus your mindful awareness on your body where you are located to become lucidly awake about being it. You start by focusing on your breath, the bridge between body and mind. You breathe normally through your nostrils and count your breaths on exhalation from one to 10. You will almost at once notice that a train of thought will take you away from the counting before you get very far. And in that moment, your mindfulness kicks in. You remember you are practicing mindfulness. So you let go of the train of thought, dismount from it, disidentify from it being you, and come back to one with the exhalation of that moment. Don't cheat yourself by resuming from wherever you remember you had reached, be it two or three or higher. Go back to one. No one is judging your failure to concentrate on the counting. Actually, 
Your success is you're noticing your mind being distracted by a thought train coming out of your unconscious. You dismount from the thought train and refocus your concentration on the breathing. I'm going to read the next paragraph, and then we're going to sit and do just exactly what he's told us to do. We all know this. As you continue, you may find you are more and more successful in that you become aware of more and more distracting thoughts and of distracting thoughts about the distracting thoughts and all sorts of funny memories that are good and also many anticipations or anxieties imagining future good or bad scenarios. This is a stage where if you have not learned something of the inner science about the processes, the benefits and dangers of practicing and not practicing, awakening and not awakening, you may become discouraged and turn to thinking of yourself as a hopeless case, a non-meditator, and decide it doesn't work for you and give up. You will lose your inner creative creativity. You will lose your inner creativity and decide you can't change the way your mind is and it's just another bother to you. You secretly or vocally feel bad, lose your self-confidence, and become depressed. Mindfulness begins just by watching your thoughts and learning to see how they rise and fall. It is not a project to identify with one particular inner voice as your controller, but rather a way to find your inner freedom. You can even attain states of thought-free concentration through the path of serenity, which is shamatha or samatha, which creates a kind of elation and bliss and is a sign of fluent fitness of mind to focus on any object you want. Because such a state is not too hard to attain, someone might think that just being thought-free is enlightenment, perhaps the goal of all practice. This is a misunderstanding with a bit of danger in it. The point is, rather to gain inner freedom, become aware of your inner reactivity, make decisions about reacting or not reacting, to inner thoughts and impulses, and then choose what you are going to manifest. In other words, don't believe everything you think. So I think what we'll do now is we'll stop at this point because he will con- he's con- he will continue with more about the what we call the four foundations of mindfulness. But I think we have uh, we have a little time to sit together, and so why don't we do just what he's telling us to do? No matter if you're a beginner or if your uh, practice is very sound and uh, you've progressed quite a quite a bit along the way, this is how we all begin, and it's how we begin every time we sit. So, and the samatha is that really that place where you feel just really calm and good and uh, you think, ah, this is it. But, but there's more. Okay. We're, that's when we're really, when our mind becomes calm, that's can, that's how we can really begin to see how our mind and brain work. So we see what starts to arise in us. 
So we can do that today and sit together. So we have about 10 minutes. So he's now discussing the, the foundation for us in our, in our Theravadan tradition. It's the same in, this, in the Tibetan tradition because it's still, these, these are the great teachings of the Buddha on mindfulness, what it is, how we begin it, how we move through it, and how we go all the way through the path. So this leads to a calm mind, and with that calm mind, then we can begin to go deeper. So don't feel bad if you have trouble concentrating on an object. You know, then you're doing uh, samadhi, that you're, you're trying to do samadhi, but if you haven't already gone through mindfulness practice and learned how to calm the mind, it doesn't do any good to try to be focusing on, you know, having a one-pointed focus. We have to, we have to calm the mind and then samadhi is really to create that stability so we, so we, so it's possible to focus. So we don't need to rush ourselves. So he's given us beautiful instructions. Um, I've, I've had teachers mention to put the tip of the tongue a little bit at the front of the palate of your mouth. We don't usually, um, we don't usually mention that in our Theravadan practice, but occasionally you'll hear that. And if you, if you learn to do that way, or you'd like to do that, you can try that out and see if it, if you feel more connected to yourself. I think it works with the energy flowing in the body. So, just find that posture. It can be standing, it can be walking, and it can be sitting on a chair or cushion. Do you want your body to be comfortable so you're not distracted by pain in the body? And you don't you want to relax and not feel the tension of kind of holding your body together. So you want your spine to be supporting your back. You can roll your shoulders back and then find that posture that allows you to relax more. You know your own body. You know when you're tensing it up and you know when you've kind of let go and you've relaxed. And so find that posture for yourself. And let's do the counting to 10. Do it on your own. I'm not going to count for you.
remember that when you lose count and you catch yourself, that's when you begin to really practice mindfulness. You're catching yourself. And start all over again. Start at one. This is training. Each breath in and out is one count. Now I hope you're still breathing and counting. I saw Eva, your, con your comment about thanking me for taking time out even while I'm on the road. And uh, you're, you're so welcome. And thank you for being such a regular follower and uh, always being here. But I want all of you to know this is this is for the benefit of my practice, just as much as it is for yours. So, uh, I'm glad to be here, and and it's it's it might it's a little selfish because it's a benefit for me, not only just to to practice, but also to be a part of a sangha, whether I'm on the road traveling or whether I'm sitting at home staying staying inside so if you can just keep practicing and if you are if you are someone who's kind of drifted away from a regular meditation routine come back to this counting the breaths and even if you have 15 minutes make it your practice to stay to the count of 10 and any time you get distracted and you lose the count or you realize you've, you know, you know, you, the last one was four and then, okay, I'll, don't say, okay, I'll just jump to six. I probably missed five. Go back to one. It's not a punishment because remember every time you notice and you start back again, you're, that's where you're actually practicing mindfulness. 
So this is how we learn. And uh, this is how we come back when we've been away for a while or where we've gotten a little, we may be dealing with something. Usually when we have a big problem, that's uh, something going on out in the world or to people that we care about or uh, anything that, you know, where we're taking care of someone or where we're affected by someone's behavior or affected by the behavior going on in the world. We, that's when we often uh, lose track of our practice. And I know that from long ago experience. So we are always coming back. And just think of each day when you practice that this is coming back. It's coming back to the basics and it's strengthening our muscles. So uh, it's, not, it's not like a baby thing to come back counting the breaths. And uh, it's very good for us to remember how easily it is to lose our mindfulness. And uh, in situations, even with our loved ones, it's very hard to stay with mindfulness and be present. And this is the beginning of that. This is the beginning of the super education, the super mundane path. So this is what it's all about. It's about remembering who we are. And then we can let go of a lot of the, what he calls it, misery, the pain in our lives and the misery from thinking that we're separate from others and other things. So I'll be back today's Tuesday and I'll be back on Thursday. So this has been wonderful for me to be with you and I'll be off seeing my mom today and that's stressful because she's not in a good she's she's not in a very good frame of mind being pulled out of her you know her her comfort level. So thank you for being here for me. May everything we do and say and think today for each one of us be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all living beings everywhere. So, thank you. May all of you be well and happy and peaceful. And I am going to be practicing remembering all of you uh, for the rest of today and tomorrow. And then I'll see you again on Thursday. So take five minutes, two minutes, or take, if you have just the time to do, <clears throat> to sit or to, as you're walking, to do the 10 breaths and stay, stay focused on your count. Uh, that's a great way to, to begin and to use even every little couple of minutes you have, spare minutes, especially when you're going through anything. Okay, thank you so much. I'm going to have to take a picture somehow and send to you how I have my phone set up. I forgot to bring my tripod, so I have created something that <laughs> I'll have to take a picture of it and post it. Take care, and thank you so much, all of you.